1: Welcome back to the Less Doing Podcast. This is episode 169 with Colin Doretta of Path. So I'm doing this one solo today, and this is the first time ever that I am attempting to do the entire podcast from my iPhone. Now, I've recorded from my iPhone before, of course, but I haven't actually read the notes and done all this stuff without my laptop at all. So I'm sitting here in a phone booth in my, well, not quite a phone booth, it's a phone room my brand new co-working space at lmhq which is at 150 broadway in new york city it's part of the downtown alliance and it's it's just a beautiful brand brand new space and really excited to be here by myself so um there's a few things i want to share today one of which is that i have after all the recommendation of using slack i am now using slack for my own programs and dealing with coaching clients and stuff and so far it is amazing also i want to put a total teaser out there for you all but I am in the process right now of training the first less doing certified assistant and creating a less doing certified assistant program. Now these assistants will be the highest, highest level virtual and in-person assistants you have ever seen. And will be able to do things that no other assistant has even thought about doing, but they will only be available to members of the less doing community. It's the only way that I'm able to, going to be able to keep the quality high. So there will be much more information to come on that soon, but, uh, Anyway, (laughs) pretty excited about it. So first of all, I'd like to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is followup.cc. Now, as you all know, followup.cc is my number one productivity recommendation tool or recommended tool. And it has been for years now. And basically, followup.cc allows you to defer emails to another time. You can use it to simply make yourself remember an email when you are better off dealing with it. Or if you write an email to somebody, you can BCC something like three days at followup.cc or Monday at followup.cc or even 9pm at followup.cc and then you can forget about it knowing that it will come back to you at that time as a reminder and you can deal with it then. Now, Followup.cc is offering a 50% off your first year coupon for all Less Doing podcast listeners. And you can use the coupon code LESSDOING when you sign up at followup.cc. The first link I want to share today is actually one called Precrastinator. Now, I haven't played around with this too much. And I can't really tell if it's like a game or not. But basically what they've done is they've broken down these nine different productivity killers and basically help you beat it. So for example, they have the wishful thinker. So this is uh, the cause is when you begin to focus on the circumstances, you tend to see more and more suboptimal elements and finally convince yourself to skip the opportunity in favor of a hopefully much brighter future. So that's obviously classic procrastination. Uh, and basically the antidote is a reality check on what can go wrong in the future and keep opportunity costs in mind. So did you eat too much for breakfast? You have a headache? Is it raining? The weather's too good? My dog is sick? Basically, you're telling yourself, I'll do it later. Tomorrow seems perfect for this. Uh, Then they have the, let's see, the the gigantic. So this is the project ahead is so enormous, you crap your pants just looking at it. Moliath also seemed huge to David. So the antidote here is chunking the giant into digestible parts and serving yourself the first tiny bite, which is something that I definitely recommend a lot with the, uh, the micro goals. Anyway, this is just kind of like a clever, cute way of looking at the things that make you procrastinate. And honestly, the more that I do the work that I do with Less Doing, I find that the things that make us productive, the things that make us distracted or motivated are so psychological, and technology barely even comes into it. So I like this approach to it, honestly. Uh, Okay, so the next one is uh, a Kickstarter campaign. And this is for something called the Cocoon EEG. So it's the ultimate sleep sanctuary. Now, this is the world's first sleep sensing EEG headphones, so it's pretty interesting what they're doing. Uh, basically, they're saying that they're, they're providing audio that responds to your sleep. Okay, so this is actually a really interesting idea. They're gonna—they're these these pretty large headphones. They look—they look comfortable, uh, but basically, it's the the first headphones that you can sleep in, and they will adjust music as you fall asleep and wake up. So there's a lot of things you could do with this. For example, I mean, you you could listen to audio books, of course. Or you could listen to meditation tracks. You could even listen to binaural beats if you want. So maybe it'll help you sleep better. Maybe if you believe in like the demolition man where they, they learn things while they're frozen in, in a frozen prison, then maybe you can do that too. Maybe you can learn a new language while you're sleeping. Kind of an interesting idea. There's actually a lot. Of, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of joking, but there's a lot of possibilities with this kind of thing. Anything that you could sort of uh, implant into your subconscious that, that, that's got some power to it. So uh, the next one is called what we did today. And this is like I done this very similar, actually, but uh, it's basically so keeping everyone updated on your daily progress through email and text. And it's this is for a team. So you can say, like, well, you know, what you work on today or what, what we're you struggling with today. It's really great for remote teams just to have sort of a check in, um, you know, not, nothing more than that. Pretty basic, but it's, it's definitely very useful. Uh, OK, so the next one is called it's called OK Milo. So basically, it's, it's helping you pick outfits, okay? So uh, it's your full wardrobe in 20 staple pieces. And basically, they're saying like, okay, you're too busy to worry about clothes, but it's, this is 20 pieces that give you 1,000 outfits for any occasion. And then there's an app that goes along with it. So the app can actually look at the weather, And it can do it automatically based on locally. Uh, You can do it based on your activity. So, you know, you're going out with friends or you're going, uh, you know, you're going to a wedding maybe. Um, So they'll have like a blue blazer. They have, you know, a white sneaker, a gray crew neck. And there's all these different combinations of how you can combine these things depending on what your activity is. I think it's really cool. And if you want to talk about less doing, this is it. I mean, 20 pieces of clothing, you can pretty much pack that in one bag and take that anywhere you go. So you could travel the world like this if you wanted to and still have a stylish look no matter where you go. I mean, a thousand possibilities, it's pretty good. So I actually love that one. The next one is called Narrow, and this is a replacement in some ways for one of Felix's favorite apps, which doesn't exist anymore, which is called SoundGecko. And basically the way this works is that you can uh, use any URL, so whether it's um, a news article, a blog post, or whatever you want, you give it to Narrow, and it will immediately convert it into audio, into really well-spoken text. And you can do it in 15 different voices and 10 different languages. And you can create a podcast stream from it. So it automatically goes into your podcast player. Now, this is really useful. If you want to read like an article from medium.com, which, you know, those tend to be much longer reads. It'd be really nice to be able to just throw that URL into something like narrow and then have it read to you. And then you can even listen to it at double speed if you're listening to it in your podcast reader. So I, I, I love that. I was actually really disappointed when SoundGecko went out of business. So it's nice to see something like this take up the slack. Uh, now, the next thing is there's an article in Medical Daily about the best way for men to lose weight. And the overall answer is that they say you need to weigh in often and record the results. Now, I, I'm, I, don't, I, I probably step on a scale once every couple months, and I'm not trying to lose weight, so that's fine. But It is interesting that they show that for men, it actually really is helpful for them to sort of be weighing in a lot and then tracking it so that it affects real change. Now, we have a couple members of our mastermind program who actually weigh in and then their weights are posted to our group. And that has seemed to prove effective. So I think there's an accountability aspect to it. I think there's just an interesting analytical aspect. But in general, as I often say, I think that sometimes awareness is all it takes to affect any kind of real change. Doesn't mean you have to necessarily come up with a correlation or some big plan. You just need to be aware. Uh, this next one is is kind of specific to if you're selling things online, but I just think this is really interesting. It's called tweet lead. And basically it helps you it lets you create one click sign up buttons inside your tweets. So if you wanna get someone to opt into your email list or you wanna sell a digital product, you can now do it with a tweet and the person can click on the tweet and it'll pop up right away and they can buy it, which is Pretty badass, honestly. So, it really help skip that step. You know, with the with this instant gratification sort of economy that we live in, the longer it takes, the more steps it takes to do things that you just exponentially decrease your chance that somebody's actually going to go through with it. So, if you can do something that is as simple as buying something from a tweet, that's a pretty big deal. There's a, there's a company we talked about before that lets you buy things just by commenting in a Facebook post. Those are the kinds of things that reduce friction and help people get your product, and hopefully, you're selling them something that will be valuable to their time. So uh, that's all for today. It's a little short one, I know. But enjoy the interview with Colin. And I've, I've been using the WellPath stuff for about two months now, and it's great. And see you on the next episode. The Less Doing Podcast pulls together the top experts in the industry to help you optimize, automate, and outsource everything in your life so you can start doing the things you really want to do again. What would you do if you could only work an hour a day? Would you crumble or would you thrive? When I was sick with Crohn's disease, I was faced with that reality because there were days when I literally couldn't eke out more than an hour of work a day. And I had to figure out ways to not only get everything done, but get more done than I was doing before. And that is how Less Doing was born. Less Doing is about you. It's the easiest way to learn and implement a huge amount of productivity tips into your life. In a short amount of time. Whether you're a crazy busy business owner, a tired executive in a large company, or a stressed out soccer mom, we've brought it all together for you to help you overcome the overwhelm in your life. For the latest how to's and actual tips on becoming more productive, sign up for my newsletter over at lessdoing.com. But I want to offer you all something more. As listeners of this podcast, I want to give you the opportunity to get on the phone with one of my less doing certified coaches. I've trained each one of them myself, and they really know what they're doing. The first call is completely free, and you will get some real advice and tips on how you can be more productive in your life and get back to making things easier again. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy the interview. So now I'm speaking with Colin Doretta, who is the founder of WellPath, and we're going to talk about customized supplements and health and wellness, and I'm very excited for this. So Colin, thank you for taking the time to talk to me.
0: Yeah, you bet, Ari.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Sure. So first of all, why don't you just tell us a little bit about how uh, WellPath got started. Is it WellPath or Go Wellpath? It's WellPath. Um, it is. Okay. So the website ahead. is GoWellPath, which we're going to have in the show notes. But yeah, go ahead and tell us how it got started.
0: Yeah, sure. I mean, I'm kind of your consummate uh, guy who was always interested in biohacking and uh, self-optimization, if you will, kind of on a broad spectrum of ways, right? Be it from a you know mind optimization via from a hormonal optimization this really broad swath of things and i came from a finance background where i was doing you know the classic 100 hour work week at goldman sachs investment banking and then subsequently at a private equity firm and you know there was a real real concrete need for me to kind of optimize my life and so pretty early on i started experimenting with various supplements whereby you know through Copious amounts of self education, I finally became dangerous enough to figure out wow, here's the subset of things that really work for me and be able to delineate between what worked and what didn't, right? Um, and, and I know kind of a lot of these uh, biohacking type people started in similar fashions. But then, you know, I took it to this step with uh, starting WellPath where, you know, I realized that most people didn't have either the economic wherewithal to go see a nutritionist and and get all the necessary blood tests and what have you, or perhaps just the the time and inclination to self-educate, whereby I thought, well, how about we design sort of an algorithm that encapsulates a ton of nutritional knowledge that can then really help pair them with the right supplements to address their unique set of needs and goals. And while well, I don't make any allusions to this necessarily being better than if you were to get all the requisite blood tests and get your genome mapped and then go see your doctor or nutritionist and have them really, really uh, customize something for you to an extreme degree, there is kind of a recognition that most people aren't willing or able to do that. So how do I deliver something that gets them at least part way there? And, th- and that was really the genesis for Welfast. And that's
1: what we've been working on now for, you know, the last uh, two and a half years. Yeah, and I, I actually, I think that's a really good approach, and sort of philosophy to it. Because, like, for me personally, I, I think that I eat pretty well and, and I exercise and I take care of myself. But I still take supplements because I feel like it's sort of like nutritional insurance, you know. And when I, when I travel, I take a certain extra amounts of supplements. And when I'm sick, I take other things. So it's like even if you could get all this stuff from your food, which honestly is, pretty tough to do. It's nice yeah. to know that you have this sort of like base foundation and then anything beyond that is just sort of gravy. Totally, totally. I think,
0: you know, look, putting aside the fact that 90% of America is nutritionally deficient in in some vertical, right? Um, you know, I think it's well and good to say, yes, everyone should get all of their major nutrients from whole food sources. And that would be great. Uh, That being said, like, like you noted, it's unrealistic. Generally, it's especially unrealistic, given how many of us have kind of these hectic lives where we're traveling and we're out for business dinners and what have you, where, you know, eating in a uh, nutritionally conscious manner can be a real challenge. And I do think, you know, some people, quite frankly, aren't as conscientious with what they eat and and might not necessarily want to be. So I think it's an easy easier thing to say, hey, you know, how about you bolster your diet by taking this handful of supplements, as opposed to saying, hey, how about you go radically change your diet, start shopping at Whole Foods, uh, you know, uh, start buying your pasture raised eggs, all that stuff, which are things that I'm a huge advocate of, right? I I would never sit here and say that you know supplementation can be a substitute for a diet, just the same way as you know you can't out exercise a bad diet, you can't out supplement the bad diet, but you can certainly kind of shore up some deficiencies, as well as, you know, in cases where there's really something very specific that you might have that's bothering you, i.e., like, let's say you're someone like me who's got a history of kind of knee pain, you know, glucosamine and chondroitin have been enormously helpful in my case, right? Um, But most people, you you say that to them, and they have no idea what you're talking about, and their eyes glaze over. So there's this whole subsegment of things that aren't even necessarily you know, food-related nutrients that can be very helpful for specific co- uh, specific concerns that an individual might have that most people don't even think of as being something that uh, can be addressed with supplements.
1: Right. So that's a that's an excellent point, too, is that the, a lot of people, I mean, at least in my experience, you know, you are talking about supplements, and they're thinking, like, oh, yeah, I take my Centra multivitamin. I'm fine. You know? <laughs> and right, that's... Right. Uh, that's not exactly covering the bases, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but you also do something interesting. I mean, it's not like the craziest idea, but it makes a lot of sense, where you're, you're pairing supplements with a protein powder as well. Right.
0: Yeah. And, and I would say it's it ends up being a lot more than a protein powder. Um, you know, there's protein in there, but we're kind of really no, of to course, yeah, a broad range of macronutrient needs, as well as then... You know the very specific things like we just uh, uh, mentioned, for instance, glucosamine and chondroitin, or you know, let's say that someone wants more energy, and we know that they metabolize caffeine in a way such that caffeine's appropriate for them. Then we can go ahead and add some green tea extract in there, right? So it's this idea of we're we're trying to create a uh, solution that looks at things from a very holistic point of view. I mean, one of my big problems historically with the supplement industry as a whole is people kind of sell products on a one-size-fits-all basis. And so they're very product-focused, right? And they try to sell the same product that they might sell to you that they're going to try to sell to me. When in reality, while we might both have, you know, very broad similarities, the nuances of our goals are going to be radically different from one another, right? And therefore, even our protein powder, you know, despite the fact that it's both gonna have protein in it, it's probably there's it should have a lot of things that are it different between the time. two of us. And I think that's lost in the industry. And I think as a result, you know, people are naturally skeptical when, you know, someone's saying this powder is going to be great for you as it's gonna be great for your neighbor and your brother and so on and so forth on down the line. Right. Um so that's something that, you know, we feel that we are able to really customize around a broad swath of things. Right now you know, at Wellpath, we've just integrated with Fitbit. We've integrated with 23andMe, so we're doing some you know basic interpretations on your genome to discern you know things like how quickly you metabolize caffeine, um, whether and thereby understanding whether caffeine is something appropriate to give you or not. Uh, you know, we're trying to take it to a much much more sophisticated level than you know you would get by walking into GNC and asking the guy behind the counter, "Hey, what should I be taking?"
1: Oh my God! It's so. It, this sounds really snobby, but it's really annoying to me when I walk into a GNC or something because I need to get something very, or like any pharmacy, I need to get something very specific, and somebody comes up to me and they're like, "You know, so what? Are you, what are your goals? What are you looking to do?" And I, and I, sometimes I'll humor them, and then they make these recommendations that just make no sense at all. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm sure that's I mean, what your that's what the GNC training manual says, but uh, I, I, pre- <laughs> appreci- I appreciate your help.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it, it never ceases to amaze me the extent to which you know, it's the blind leading the blind in there, right? You, most people who walk in there are pretty, you know, poorly informed about what it is they should be putting in their bodies. And, you know, the, the people working at GNC, of course, this is, you know, there, there are some, I'm sure, very knowledgeable people who end up working there. So this isn't meant to be a disservice toward those. But the vast majority really have no idea what they're talking about, right? So it's no surprise that so many Americans are, you skeptical of the efficacy of supplements when you know the propensity for them to actually get the right supplement is going to be pretty low if that's how they're getting them
1: right absolutely now how do you and you sort of covered this but i mean how do you really see like the interplay of the the powder you know the shake and the supplements? like how do they complement each other sure i mean i I
0: think we've designed them to be slightly different things um granted there's From a nutritional point of view, there's some overlap, i.e., because we have some customers who, you know, take only the powder simply because they might hate taking pills or take only the pills because they hate, you know, making a smoothie or what have you. Um, We try to kind of cover some of the basic nutritional bases with both. Um, And then outside of that is where uh, we try to really make each differentiated where and, and, and it's really the powder is going to be focusing on your macronutrient needs. I.e., like if we basis your genetics, you know, let's say that fats going to be particularly good for you. Right. Then we're going to make sure that we put in some good fats, or we're going to make sure that we've got a lot of flax. If your goal is, you know, for instance, if you're trying to lean up or so on and so forth, Um, things that naturally just aren't going to go as well in pill format. And conversely, since we do suggest that our pills be refrigerated, the things that typically are better refrigerated, i.e. your digestive enzymes, your probiotics, are all going to be coming in the pill format. Um, and similarly, things that are oil-based are going to go in the pill format. So so your fish oil uh, and,
1: and things like that. Yeah, of course. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Now, as far as the customization, right? So is this truly, truly, truly customized? Or do you have like, you know, eight or 10 buckets of kind of people that they fit into the certain profiles? And and, and I, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm just curious. No, I, I, right now it
0: is truly customized. Um, I think, you know, to your point, I think that the eight or 10 buckets question is an interesting one. It's actually one we've looked at because, you know, as we continue to scale uh, from a manufacturing efficiency point of view, it's something that we'll need to continue to look at and give thought to um you know i think there one one of the interesting things that we're starting to see is you know now that we've had several thousand orders uh since we launched in september you know we're we're starting to see that there are certain types of archetypes that come up again and again and again right um and granted you know there's always that unique totally unique person on the long tail but and, and it looks probably more like, as opposed to 8 or 10, probably more like 20, 25 archetypes. Um, but you start to see similar kind of themes about both what sort of goals people have and what sort of lifestyles they lead, whereby I do think at some point, you know, we could move to a model of we have these 25 archetypes and we have, you know, and, and there's custom customization on the margin. Um, it's, you know, one of the things that, I've found really interesting throughout this whole process is the extent to which, you know, in many ways we've kind of become the repository of the largest amount of data about what people value from a nutritional goal perspective. Um, Because as you've experienced, when you go through our site, we solicit information from you, about 30 questions, kind of asking you know, what your priorities are in terms of emotional wellness or your joints or your physical appearance or your athletic performance. I mean, kind of this broad swath of things. And then within each of those subcategories, we ask you a whole bunch of questions divided into these subcategories, really kind of trying to get a, to a lot of qualitative information from you and where you know, there's there's a lot of data out there today around you know, quantified self, right? Because the Fitbits of the world and, and the 23andMe's of the world uh, can can easily stop, but there is, hasn't been someone who's really been aggregating a lot of the qualitative, here's how I feel, you know, here's what I value, so on and so forth, um, which is something we've come a long way into doing. And then now we're really starting to get our hands into that uh, and, and do some kind of exciting things and of analyzing uh, certain trends that we're finding.
1: Well, so can you give me sort of a broad start? Like what what kind of interesting things have you been finding from that?
0: Sure. Um, I mean, I I think to begin with, you know, so how I was talking about, we we subdivide the eight categories, if you will, as emotional wellness, joint and bone, physical appearance, uh, athletic performance. Uh, I guess I don't need to list them all. What you find is there is a strong correlation of people who typically Value similar things, right? And and those people, I eat. And the one one of the more obvious ones, perhaps, is people that value physical appearance. Oftentimes, value athletic performance, right? Um, and but what's interesting, that uh, at least surprising to me, perhaps, is those same people are had a higher propensity for whatever reason. And uh, granted, our data is not perfect, but but a higher propensity to be people who eat out often. I'm not sure exactly what you like. Why that is, I don't know what the causality is, but the correlation is there. Um, and so when you see that, like, you start to be able to make kind of create these buckets of how do people have their people the people better, but with or with later, you know, people's have tend to so if some of those things perhaps seem a little bit intuitive. Some some are much less so, right? Like, I'm not sure exactly why we're seeing. Such a high correlation between the people who value their physical appearance and who value athletic performance as being high priorities as also being people who tend to go out and eat much more often than people who might value something like joint and bones and uh, emotional wellness. Um, but those sort of things that we're starting to see is, is pretty interesting. Uh, just from and then particularly as the data set continues to expand like right now you know right now we've got several thousand people who've gone through our consultation so it's certainly meaningful enough at this point where we can start to take some early conclusions but obviously that becomes much more powerful when that's 20 or 30,000 people.
1: Yeah of course I mean and that is really fascinating to have that kind of uh, kind of view on it. Okay, so I want to shift gears for a second here. As somebody who owns a supplement company, obviously knows a lot about health and wellness, what are some, give me like one or two supplements that you are that you think are really cool that you've maybe played around with or that you want to play around with, you are. Um, so, and they can be, you know, they can be anything. Sure,
0: I mean, you, you know, know, it's funny. I, I have a perspective of, and, and I've taken this with the business as well. Um, my, my perspective has long been, like most of these supplements that are efficacious and uh, you know have real scientific credibility behind them, have been around for a while, right? I, I think that pretty rarely does something new come out that is uh, groundbreaking. I think what you would you would not hear that party line, however, from you know, the supplement industry in general, because they're very focused on selling the latest and greatest new thing, right? Um, but I think conversely, what the reality is, is most of the stuff that's efficacious has been out there for a long time. Uh, but for whatever reason, you know, it, they, 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 it's either perhaps not as expensive or it's not as sexy to sell. So that's not what the supplement industry broadly is trying to push on you. The thing, simple things like, you know, the, as I mentioned, glucosamine, right? Like that, when I say that radically changed my ability to go out and run and, and exercise, I mean, I'm talking, I couldn't go to Barry's boot camp and run on the treadmill for more than five minutes without my knee starting to really hurt to the point where I had to get off um, to, you know, after three months taking glucosamine could now go, you know, run five miles again, right? Or whatever that might be. Uh, you know, so that's been something that, and I know a lot of people struggle with something like pain. Um, so that's been something of like just immense value for me. Right. Uh, and then, you know, there's a handful of other things I take that, again, they're not kind of like the new sexy, exciting things, but they've been, you know, efficacious for me. And I think it's a lot of, you know, trial and error. One, one thing I always encourage people to think is, you know, within a specific supplement, like, it's going to react differently with you than it is, you know, your neighbor or your friend. So it needs to be an iterative process. And and as you know, well, kind of whenever you're doing kind of self-optimization, you need to kind of treat treat everything you're taking a little bit as an experiment, right? And and see how it affects you on an individual basis. Um, But I've had a lot of success with, you know, pretty basic stuff, right? Like, you know, I've always been big advocate of creatine, I think, you know, the people who've talked about it yeah. being dangerous and what have you, you know, that's largely unfounded by research. I I love beta alanine for, uh, you know, energy purposes. It's not something we actually put in our product because, you know, there's that classic, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with it, but people can get that pins and needles feeling from beta alanine. I mean, yeah, yeah. People, again, people, different people react differently to it, but enough people, Get that pins and needles feeling, and then freak out if they haven't done their research as to you know exactly what it can do. But in terms of kind of providing energy and kind of a handful of you know athletic performance benefits, I've found it to be super efficacious. Um, you know, I've recently gotten really turned on to uh, various vegan sources of protein because I'd historically been kind of a, a way guy through and through. But there's some logic to, and, and I'm I'm not a vegan. Uh, in any way, shape or form, but there's actually some various health benefits to why you'd want to incorporate uh, like hemp protein and and some rice protein as well. Um, so again, you know, the, the thing, you're never going to hear from me uh, that I'm trying some new kind of controversial, super sexy, uh, you know, supplement that no one's heard of. That's, that's not really my MO, uh, simply because I find that, you know, you can... Take the things that have been around a long time, and there's you know a lot of efficacy in taking those.
1: Yeah, no, that, that that's totally fair. Um, so, okay, well, the last question that I always like to ask in these interviews is, uh, what are your top three pieces of advice for people to be more effective? Sure, I mean, <laughs> <you> know,
0: <laughs> in, in no particular order, uh, you know, I guess the the funny thing is. The, the one I'd start with uh, is, is, and it might sound silly, but is getting rid of your TV. Um, you know, and and that's not to say like not having a TV where you can play movies and what have you. But as people ask me, and it's a question I get often because you know, I, I love to like read a couple of books a week. I'm at the gym every day. You know, I, I try to maintain a pretty active social life and I'm, uh, uh, you know, running a business. They're like, where do you find the time? And I think interestingly, you know, I never find it necessarily that hard, right? I think, you know, it's, it's about cutting out the inefficiencies in life. And and obviously, this is something that, you know, you spend a lot of time talking about. Um, and for me, like, when I look at the average person where their inefficiencies lie, it's the little things like surfing the Internet or, you know, I watching television if you're a game of thrones fan by all means watch your game of thrones but you know schedule your things and and figure out what's your priority and do that but so much time ends up getting wasted by someone you know aimlessly clicking around on the internet checking espn five times a day so on and so forth where they don't even realize it but that can amount to you know a couple hours right and you think about what you can get done in those two hours well you could go to the gym and spend you know another hour with your family you could Two more hours at work, getting something you know meaningful done that's going to hopefully you know help your business, whatever it might be, right? Um, so kind of part and parcel with that, get rid of your TV as kind of the the broad headline. You know, it's same with like stop surfing the internet. I literally, just enforce your, uh, create a rule around your day where you know between the hours of eight a.m. and seven p.m you just don't surf the internet, carte blanche, period, right? And I think having hard and fast rules like that where there's less wiggle room is is pretty helpful. Similarly to, you know, I just don't have, uh, I don't have an account with Time Warner, right? I I don't have cable. So there is no risk of me ending up wasting my time with that. And uh, obviously, as with every kind of new habit you form, the first, you know, uh, the first week or two or, or month or two can be a challenge, but then it just becomes something is is implicit to your behavior. Um, you know, the, the other one I would say is don't try to. And, and this might be a little controversial as well, but don't try to hack your sleep. Um, you know, I think the, all the science these days supports the fact that we are genetically predisposed to need a certain amount of sleep, right? Uh, you know, so some people, God bless them, only need six hours, um, and and that's how their body functions optimally, and some people might need nine, right? I'm kind of right in that typical eight-hour range. And one thing that I think people don't appreciate is even though, sure, you can function on much less sleep than that, you're not going to function optimally. And as, you know, if you're focused on being efficient and getting more done and doing it well in particular, you know, if you're not performing at a high level, then it doesn't really matter if you got an extra hour of work done, but presumably the, that extra hour plus the seven or eight hours were done at a, at a level, you know, materially, materially below, uh, you would otherwise, otherwise be performing. at.
1: That makes some sense to me. So, uh, that, Colin, can you, thank you so much again for your time. Can you tell people, and we're going to have all this in the show notes, of course, but can you tell people where they can find out more and sign up and try the service? Of course.
0: Yeah, you bet. Um, so, we, we have a free trial, so I hope everyone's eager to try it out. And you can find us at GoWellPath.com. That's uh, www.gowellpath.com hcom
1: Awesome. Well, Colin, thank you so much. And uh, I hope everyone gets a chance to try it out. Super. Thanks for having me on, Ari. I appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Less Doing Podcast. If you want to find out more information of the show, we would love to hear from you. You can go to lessdoing.com where you can look at Ari's blog, see the show notes for this episode and also look at all the other episodes before this. If you want to send us a voicemail, we would love to hear from you and we'll play it on the show. You go to lessdoing.com, click on contact and look on the right side of the page where you'll see a, a send voicemail button. Click on that and go ahead and record an audio message for us. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter. Ari's Twitter handle is at Ari Meisel, and mine is at Felix Bird. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. See you next time.